We'll take our Bible reading. So turn with me to Isaiah in chapter 43, the first 11 verses. Isaiah 43. The subheading is Israel's only savior. I read, but now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, cash and silver in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight. And because I love you, I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from, that, from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, lead out those who have eyes that are blind who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of them foretold this and proclaim to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right so that others may hear and say it is true. Verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. 11. I, even I, I am the Lord, and apart from me there is no savior. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege of coming to you. Thank you. You've gathered us from different homes, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, cultures, tribes. And you have gathered us here for, to speak to us. So we submit ourselves to your authority. We ask that speak to our heart. Bring that assurance we need in times like this. Be our Odomankuma, our great and mighty God. Who, who saves, who delivers, who heals. There is none like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I'm talking about divine assurance. 
That, that, that is the subject for today. But let me go through my slides. I'll, I'll come back to the song. So from, from where our brother uh, Benny started with the worship and the songs he was picking up, and I think he stretched the word goodness. And that is something that today I'm going to try to break it down. Because sometimes the songs become cliche. It almost feels like, so we're going through the motions. No. But sometimes you need to let the words of the song speak to your heart. It needs to break it down. Sometimes you need what we call the Holy Spirit need to exegete. It needs to break it like the way we go to Bible school. They teach us hermeneutics. How we can do precept upon precept, line upon line, and do proper teaching. That's how the Spirit of God can break a song to your heart. And it will make you cry. It will make you love God. It will, it will let you fall in love with God again. If your worship is dry, it's because you are singing songs you don't understand. If, if worshiping God is becoming difficult, it's simply because you are doing it by yourself. The Spirit of God needs to take over. Today, I pray that the Spirit of God will break his word to us. So I should have told you, I wanted to extend from 11 to 13. That's what my sermon would do. So I will use verse 12 and 13 as well. Can we go on, preacher? We want to do this. So the whole year, can we shout it? It's what? Unsakeable faith. Can you imagine that this is the year that dollar it was going to go that high? This was the year fuel was going to. This is the year that Russia would decide that even when Ukraine wants to give wheat to the world, they will attack the place. This is the year that Pelosi at all times want to travel to where? Taiwan. I mean, I don't know. This is the year... China is trying their missiles. And they can't find anywhere in the big inland of China, but they have to try it on somebody's territorial waters. I mean, how? But this is the year of what? Unshakable faith. Third quarter, we are looking at enduring faith. And today my subject is divine assurance. Hallelujah. God is with us. I will go through my quick four piece. Let's go. Today I have 25 minutes and my brother is watching my time. And so let's go. Let's go. Can we do our mission together? To exalt God. Hallelujah. This is why the church exists. I will keep reminding us. Because there are days that sometimes you wake up, you don't feel like coming to church. This reason must wake you up. We exist for this, that we want to exalt God. For the sake of God's worship, you will come here. For the sake of God worship, you will represent God wherever you are. And when we connect in small groups, we are growing towards Christian maturity. And when we serve, when we serve in our offices, when we serve people in our community, we are reaching out to the world. When we come to the library and we say we want to help, Mr. Justice, Mr. Metepe, right? God bless you. I met him this week. This man was teaching the kids at the library. He... Please, some of you need to know that even after retirement or when you have an hour in the week, you can be a blessing to the community. Sometimes with just what you have. Amen? I don't know whether you are here, but God bless you. I saw him teaching the kids. And I know he comes almost every week. And you reach out to the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you. The vision. Why? What do we see as a church where we are going? Can we please read it loud together? So when we close our eyes, Calvary Baptist in five years, ten years, 
And I think, was it Antidora? Someone said, we need to let people understand what it means to be a vibrant congregation. It's not just in our jumping and shouting, but it's how you are committed to your auxiliary. It's how you are willing to contribute to this church. How you serve and bring others to church. It shows how vibrant you are as part of our congregation. And we impact our world with the gospel. The gospel. Not another gospel, but the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's go to my subject for today. Two things I am asking for you to reflect whilst I preach. Do you see God at work in global crisis? I know when some of you saw that China was trying their, they call it aggressive uh, launching of missiles. They said they are training. And the way they were training, it looks aggressive because they feel like they want to attack. Simply because somebody has decided to visit someone and said, we are not happy. Why should you visit? Sometimes of this global stuff, we, we don't get it. Some of us, especially, who are not into Antiquate's job and the others who works with government, and sometimes we don't understand. Someone's visit. But you see, do you see God at work in global crisis? That's the question I want you to think about. And do you believe God is at work for your good, even in the most difficult times? Can you think about this whilst I talk about divine assurance? Do you believe God is at work for your good? Life is becoming hard now. My message from what we read today, do what? Fear not. That's the divine assurance. Children are coming home for vacation. You know, sometimes when the kids come home, that's when they have time to eat. Because you can't teach them like the way the teachers engage them. Some of you are laughing. You know the story. So when they say they are coming on vacation this August, say, Radie. Things are going, and this case, you wish they stay in school a little longer. Because they come and they have not, your electricity bill is going to go up. Somehow, your internet data will finish soon. Some of you, I mean, they are coming home. Hello? Uh, it's a f- news flash. They are coming home. <laughs> in this economy, when they are coming home. But fear not. That's the message I wanted to know. Fuel and gas. Look, this week I drove in a couple of the stations. I couldn't get fuel to buy. Two months ago, we were praying in restoration and God showed me something. That I saw long queues. I don't know those of you who are in restoration. I saw long queues and people were queuing for fuel. I said, God, not here. And we started praying. And then after a week, we heard that our foreign reserves were going down. So likely that one of these days, we might not be able to buy enough fuel. I started two years. But today, I came with a message. Fear not. By God's grace, at least you got fuel to be here. We'll be thankful to God by the day, and we know God will provide. I am losing grip of investment. Someone told me I started the year with an investment, and because of inflation of the city, everything I did is eroded. All the gains are gone. And so it put a certain level of fear in you. But this morning, I came with a message from the Lord. Fear not. Amen? The city is depreciating. Fear not. Church leadership is in transition. After the announcement last week by senior pastors, ah, so we are looking for a new senior pastor. And then Reverend Dr. Jamin says, also going, hey, what's going to happen to Calvary? My message this morning is fear not. Amen? I've talked about China already. Fear not. I just lost a dear one. So this week, I think on Wednesday, then a friend, we have a small group. We call ourselves accountable group. Yaopebi, Ben Avle, Ben Ahunu. Few of us, we grew up in a university. We've been together for almost 20 years. And then the message came on our platform that Ben Avle's wife collapsed on the night and is gone. We said, how? 
I mean, how? I mean, it gripped us. It's like fear just came over our group. Literally, many of us wept. We, we've been close. Most of us who were in youth chapel know Justin because she used to come to Dabraka with the youth. He's been with us youth camp. Pastor Faisal will tell you, comes on prayer line, even with him in the night. And so we said, when did you force it? When did this happen? You know, those are the news when you hear, it grips you. And so one of our friends just decided to go and stay with Ben and was like, the man is shut, it's broken. I mean, he goes to work, the woman wasn't sick. And you hear a message, your wife is collapsed. Before you get there, she's gone. I mean, just like that. Fear not. Fear not. Today, my proposition is this. What is divine assurance? What I'm proposing is that you know you belong to the Lord. You know that you belong to the Lord. Today, if this can sink deep down in your heart, you will fear not. See, it says, the Lord who created you, oh Jacob, he who formed you. So that was what the chief songs was talking about. How God is. His greatness. The one who made you. He, or your before or dumankuma. You know, he says, I made you. I formed you. Fear not. And it doesn't stop there. He says, I have redeemed you. Th- think about he making you. It's like raw. Created you. Then he forms you, means that he puts his giftings, he puts his abilities, he gives you opportunities and resources. So the Lord is forming you, he's giving you all the things you need to survive. He didn't just make you, now he formed you. But now he says, maybe you messed up. No, this, this particular scripture of Isaiah 43 is, is written by Isaiah in exile. If you think about it, it was not a good time of Israel. Jeremiah had prophesied a lot about what is supposed to happen. And now the people have gone into exile. Things are not as it seems. And it almost feels like God has forgotten his people. And the people are thinking that nothing good is going to come after these many years in exile. So God shows up and he says, remember, I made you. Remember, I formed you. Remember, I redeemed you. Fear not. And it doesn't end there. I have called you by what? God knows who you are. You know, sometimes it feels like there are many important people in our world. I mean, we can go to a place and definitely, I mean, my name won't be mentioned because I'm with Papa. Papa needs to be known. Papa, by the things God has allowed him to, he's known. So I know God knows Papa's name. But sometimes I don't know whether God knows my name. (laughs) So that's where the scripture comes. Reverend Dr. Dorabote has served and done many things from seminary to, I remember the first time I met you, we were talking about uh, abortion and how dangerous it was many years ago. I don't know what year it was, but I had you teach you with, with photographic stuff. And, 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 and I know that by the hard work, and when I heard abortion law had been repealed this year, I remembered you. Because I know it's been a long journey, the Roe versus Wade from the 70s, for many of us who have been on 40 Days Life campaign. And, and so I said, for such people, God knows them. But sometimes you are looking at me, I'm not a prayer warrior. Me, I'm not a pastor. Me, I'm not even the manager. I'm not a professor. I'm nobody. I don't have a title. But God says this morning, I should let you know, I've called you by your name. That must settle an assurance in you that you are not just a casual occurrence, something that just happened on the earth. 
And he says, you are mine. I don't know what, when you understand, when God says you are mine. Just think about it. Maybe I couldn't use, oh, your kids are gone, eh? Yeah. All right. So you saw the little children here. I connect with them very well. And sometimes when they know, like their dad is around your mom, some of you have children or grandchildren. Let me put it that way, prof. You, you know how you feel about your grandchild. You know how you feel about your son. When they are old, you think they are their own. But when they are babies, the connections you have, how you want to be protective, that is how you need to think about God when he's thinking of us. Say, you are mine. You will protect your child with your life. You will do anything possible to make sure that you've given a head start for That's how God feels about us. So please think about that. Anytime you have the doubt, you have what is happening to you doesn't make sense. You are in pain and you feel like, where is God in all of this? Remember that he's right there. He says, you are mine. Today, I just want you to let this thing sink deep down. So we talk to our brother and say, Lord, we don't understand Ben, but we know God is with you right in this pain. It's hard. We can't make sense out of it. We have a lot of questions and less answers, but God is with you. Amen? Why do we need divine assurance? I'm talking about the purpose why we talk about this. Everything may go wrong, but Bible says, fear not. God, the Lord is with you. You don't just belong to the Lord. Sometimes we feel like we belong to the Lord, but he's not in the picture. God is not really in the midst of the details. God is just there, like some of us call him the absentee landlord, the the man upstairs. Sometimes that's how we feel, that he's watching China to go and attack before we make us to pray. He's allowing Russia to have his way with this. Now everything going, where is God in the midst of all this? I've, I've, I've witnessed to atheists. In few years, especially in the U.S., you, they will tell you how they are atheists. And sometimes they could tell you the real why they became atheists. Many of great atheists were first believers. They were Christians. Okay? Something happened. One of them told me, it's, look, I cried to God for my mother. She was struggling with cancer. And I knew the pastor said God is able to heal. I don't know why God, I feel he doesn't exist. That's why I became an atheist. You can use one incident to change your narrative and almost make feel that God could not do one thing or God allowed pain to happen. For that reason, God has seeks to be God. Today, I want you to know that God is greater than our pain. God is bigger. I think that's where the song comes in. Can we bring back the song a bit? Can we take that just one slide? Because sometimes we need to think and rethink and reflect else we will allow pain to change our theology. Someone says that if only my toothache goes away, I write another book on pain. I think it was C.S. Lewis in, 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 I think it was a book C.S. Lewis wrote about, I think it was, is it pain? I mean, remember any of the books on C.S. Lewis? Something about pain. The, the, I, I will try and get it. And it was making a deep statement. I will praise the Lord in the congregation. I will praise the Lord before the nations. I will lift up your name because you have done a lot of things. Sometimes we single one thing God has not done for us. And it almost changed the narrative of the thousand things God did. This morning I almost wept. 
So I was rushing up. I wanted to be in church by seven. So I closed, I took the keys of my, my door. And then in my attempt to get to the car, I think I left it on, my, on top of my car. And then I rushed. I realized that last night I went somewhere. The car was very late. So I wanted to wash it quickly at the washing bay before getting here. So I got to the washing bay, let's say 6.40. He started washing and then the guy came to me. and says, your keys was on top of your car. Then God told me. Then I just heard from God. You see, I'm in the details, but sometimes you don't see it. That's what I heard. My keys, this set of keys, was like on top of the car. And I drove from, uh, uh, where do we stay? Annette, speak test. All the way. In fact, there was even, I, I went to a couple of potholes. Until the car washed, when they started using the pump, and this when it pushed the keys from the top of the car, to the ground, and the guy brought that. I saw the keys on top. I, I don't know. It, it may not mean anything to anyone, but it means a lot to me. A lot to me. How does God keep a key like that on top of a car to drive almost how many kilometers? And those of you know how I drive on Sundays. <laughs> I have a confession. Thank you. Thank you for blessing me. <laughs> I remember one time, Pastor Donko said, ah, now, I don't want to be late. <laughs> but you were ahead. It was like seven something. I said, that's how I drive. <laughs> no, my, my point is this. Sometimes God is in the details. He's working out things we don't see. Once a while we see a thing. Once a while we don't even understand why we go through the pain. And then we said, there is no God. Today, this is where the case is. Understand. That everything may go wrong, but fear not. When God is with us, he is for us. And no one can be against us. Amen? That is the divine assurance. Can we go on, preacher? God will be with us in the toughest circumstances. Trials varied. Sometimes we face waters. Sometimes rivers. Sometimes fire. Flat overwhelm. Fire consume. But God is right there with us because we are vulnerable to him. Look at the context. said, I will give Egypt for your sake. Seba, I will make exchange of nations for your sake. Think about it. You are so valuable. For his glory's sake. You see, if, if you look to verse 4, is there a way to project the right scriptures? Yes. Isaiah 43. Let's look before I come to glory's sake. I think let's take verse 4 and 5 there. I want you to see these things. And I want this thing to settle in your heart. Because one of these days, you are going to face a big challenge. Or some of you are already facing a challenge. You think God is not with you. People are not coming to church because they feel, God, why can God allow the economy to be this hard? So since we're precious in my sight, this is God speaking. You have been honored and I've loved you. Do you know where the people were when God was telling them this? They were not in Jerusalem. Hello? This is speaking to people who are in a very difficult time. Maybe they were in exile. Their rights were taken away. The Babylonians. Habakkuk have had all his questions to God. Since he were, said, therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. You have no idea the things God do for us even when we go to sleep. Verse 5. Fear not, for I'm with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. Hello? I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Verse 7. 
everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my... Do you know sometimes we go through it for the glory's sake of the Lord? He said, who sinned? They look at the blind man and they said, Jesus, who sinned? Is it the mother or the man? He said, none of the above. You know how we judge people easily? Because sometimes maybe you see me in pain. He said, hey, what did Kingsley do? Maybe for God's glory's sake. Are you hearing me? They said, why is this man born blind? Now let's go back to my slide. God will protect his glory. God will allow you to go through things so that his glory will be seen. There are things we are going through now we don't understand. But God will make sense out of it over time if we stay with him. So whom I have created for my glory means that God not only has created us, but he has created us for a big purpose. If we have no creator, then we are purposeless. But God has created us and he did it with a purpose. Creating us for his glory. This means that for his glory's sake, God will keep you no matter what comes your way. So when the situation gets tougher and you don't get it, ask the Lord, please Lord, what is your glory in this? You remember the song we do it. Can we pick that song quickly as I move to my next line? Captain of Israel, host and guide. All for who seek the land above, beneath thy shadow, abide the cloud, all thy protecting love, thou strength, thy grace, Our end. The glory of the Lord. Look, if you can't see the glory in what you are going through, it's not over yet. God's glory will come to pass. You must know that for His glory's sake, that pain will turn into your gain. That trial will become your triumph. That test will turn into a testimony. God has a way of working in the details. We are men and limited. So sometimes we don't even understand what we are going through. But God sees it. That is a divine assurance. How? Verse 8 and 9. So I'm still staying in Isaiah 43. How to have divine assurance? God has a sense of humor. See, the nations and the people of Israel are called to either prove their case or accept God's verdict. So God says, come, come, come. Which of the gods, which of the things you did in your time really set you apart? You, you see, God, he said, a man goes... And take a firewood, he cooks kenke uh, with it. Afterwards, he takes the firewood and says, this is a God and he's worshipping. Like, seriously? He says, you're blind gods? So, he, he tells them, let's check the records. He said, let's examine the historical evidence. Go back into history and see which of the God is like me. This is how you process it. To see the divine assurance. He said, come before me now and justify yourself. Bring your witnesses. Now, I want to show you something. See God's humor here, right? See, don't miss the pathos. Pathos is like a quality of a sad thing in something. And look at it. It says, imagine any litigant depending on the blind to testify what they have seen and the deaf what they have heard. You see? This is what sometimes we do because we are going through something we don't understand. We quickly want to run from Calvary Baptist Church because for here... Our pastors will teach the word. We want to go for a and you are going to a blind prophet 
to tell you what he has seen. Do you know what they see? They see nothing. They tell you what you want to hear. So, oh, here we don't see power. I want to go where the power. God says that the people they were trusting who seems to have power, it says they are blind people who say they have something. They, they, are, they are deaf people who say they have things. This, this is God's sense. No, let's stay on, on the pathos for a minute, moment for me because it, it really tells us of our lives. Sometimes how we are in hurry to run from God to other things. That's what Israel was doing. They think God is slow concerning his promises. They think God will not come through for them. So they need to look for a quick fix. And their quick fix is to go to blind people to testify what they have seen. And the deaf people to tell them what they have heard. Before God, he calls them blind people. He said, those gods, those things we trust. And let me come home. You know, sometimes your money can be a blind guide. Sometimes when we feel we have enough money, we think we can do a lot. And so we don't want to pray about the situation. We don't want to even ask God whether we should go into the project. After I have the money, the guy says it costs 100000 and I have it. I'll wrap it up. And so you go ahead to do it. That is letting money guide you. Money can be a blind guide. Because the fact that you have money to do doesn't mean God wants you to do it. And it can cause a lot of trouble. There are people who have had strokes, have had bad, because of projects they didn't ask God and they plunged themselves into it. And the debt and the repayments and the stress. And then they turned and said, God, why, why me? Because Wednesday prayer time, they don't have time for it. Their own morning prayer time, they don't have time for it. They feel they have it all sorted out. In this difficult economy, don't trust and lean on your own understanding. Don't try and figure things by your power. Please, it will be the, this, you will miss it. God says, any litigant depending on the blind to testify what they have seen and the deaf what they have heard. That's God's humor for you. Can, can you make, let's read that as we finish. Isaiah 43. I want people to picture that. This is from Alec Motia. I, I actually picked this particular statement from him when I was doing the commentary. Let's go back to the scripture as I wrap up. I'll do the outcome in a minute. Isaiah 43. Yes, where we left. Can we go to verse 8? Please. Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. That's what God is saying. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembly. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses that they may be justified. Let them hear and say this is the truth. This is God's challenge to Israel. That you are my witnesses. That's where my outcomes comes. So I have dealt with the process. I'm dealing with my outcomes, my product, and I'll finish the sermon. My time is up now. God says that if you can gather those blind people, the things we trust that cannot be trusted, but somehow we feel comfortable to trust them because this, our eyes can see only what we can see, but we can't see behind. There can be people talking to you. They are smiling, but their heart is far away from you. Some even want evil for you, but you are dealing with them on the physical. You are not just a physical being. God is calling you into things. Let me finish my outcomes now. Say, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant. Two things the Lord is calling us to. And I want you to see that. Can we go to my slides as I finish? So think about what the Lord is calling you. It has failed because the people cannot trust what is not working. God wants to show them who he is. Let's get to it. 
The Lord commissions his witnesses. Say, you are my witnesses and my servant chosen to testify of me. Whatever you are going through today, I came with a message from the Lord. That whatever you are dealing to which you think it's hard, it's a setup. It's a setup. Whatever you are going through now, you don't get it. It's a setup for God's glory. Think about it. It could be a disease. It could be sickness. It could be pain. It could be losses. It could be whatever. The divine assurance is that at the end of the day, God says he wants to show you three things. You will know. You will believe. You will understand. It's right there in the scripture, verse 12 to 13. It said, there is no one like our God. There is no savior like our God. And there is no deliverer like our God. End of case. So how are you going to see God in everything happening around you? I'm back to the questions of reflection. And how can you be intentional witness and a servant of God right where you are and what you are going through this week, this month, the stories you are hearing? Are you also going to throw in the towel and be like a blind God or a blind witness? You need to see God. That's what God says. You need to think about the things I have done. You need to go back and remember where I took you from. You need to know Israel. It is me who brought you out of Egypt through the Red Sea. I made a dry land come even into a place where it was all water. And me, I can also cause water to come in the desert land. That is your God. So verse 14 up to 26, God began to show them. That's not what I'm dealing with today. But those of you like to read more. Take the chapter 43 today and relax with it this afternoon. Isaiah 43. You will be surprised. God says, behold, I do a new thing. That's why he comes in with that. So what's going to be your response? What you do understand, God is setting you up for glory. Please bow your heads with me wherever you are. Talk with God. I don't know what your pain is today. I don't know what the issues you are battling with. Maybe you had a bad news. Maybe you lost some investment. Maybe the economy got crunched. Last time you drove to the fuel place and you filled the tank, you got angry at the attendant. But he's not a problem. You felt he's cheated you because he kept failing. Usually you do 350, it's four. Now it's 500, the tank is not four. We say, hey, when the Mosaka gauge, you know, please don't get angry at him. It's just a new system. Talk to God. Talk with God. How do you see God even in that situation? Let God speak to your heart. Let's go, preachers. Um. Thank you, Lord. You're praying and asking God, Father, lead me through this. God, guide me. And if you're here, you have not given your life to Jesus. Today, we invite you into a relationship. As you hear this song, you may stand and we'd like to pray with you.
the church doors are open. Wherever you are, whatever you are dealing with, today is a day of salvation. If you hear the voice of the Lord, do not hand, harden your heart. He is your savior. He's your deliverer. He's your God. And there is none like him. Wherever you are, we take the next stanza. May you stand and say, today I want to make a decision to believe in Jesus. Today I want to belong to this church. Today I want to make this church my home. Today I want to have fellowship with the brothers and sisters here. Stand if you are in any of this category, even as we sing. In sharing bread. call as we take the last stanza my God loves me his faithful love endures and I will live like a child held in love secure don't you want to be in this love secure don't you want God to know you by your name this is how God knows you by your name when you take a stand he said today I make Jesus Christ my personal Lord and Savior heaven records your name in the book of life and you start a relationship where you can say God knows my name I am his. God will say, you are mine. That is divine assurance. That comes to our salvation. Today, as we take the last stanza, be certainly sure that you are for the Lord. 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 Lord.